0: Welcome back, everyone, to the UV podcast. My name is Peter Federico, and I am your singular host today. Allie is not with us, unfortunately. And sheesh, my next guest, (laughs) she is coming to us via Zoom all the way from sunny, beautiful San Francisco. I want to tell you a little bit more about today's guest. She is in San Francisco right now because she is completing her internship for the Masters of Science in Sustainability program she is our resident food and farming expert she's a tour guide extraordinaire and they were roommates
1: <laughs> please welcome abby kubota to the podcast hi abby. hi pete how are you yeah. thank you so much for having me what a great intro oh my gosh thank <laughs> Pretty, you
0: and thank you for coming on it's so good to see you
1: i know good to see you via zoom <laughs>
0: Yes. <laughs> I'm really excited because this is going to be a bi weekly um, podcast series with Abby and I and, and Allie when she can join. Yes. Where we are going to every other week go and, and hear about internship updates with you. And we're, we're going to go along for the ride with you for the rest of your time. So sometimes we start out the podcast with like a hill and a valley of our week. I will start yeah. with my hill is that I am zooming from the beautiful Sunapee, New Hampshire. I am doing a little fall festivities weekend away from Boston and hanging out with a friend and we're going to go hiking tomorrow. So I guess my valley has yet to come. I have just started, no, not my valley, my peak. I guess I am ching my peak both figuratively but also literally because tomorrow we will be hiking tomorrow morning Mount Kearsarge which is a really beautiful mountain right off Interstate 89. If you want to avoid the traffic of the notch in the white mountains um come on over to 89 there are mountains over here too i'll be there so so that's my peak and my valley would be this week was just a long busy week um you know mondays i got the farmer's market uh, it's it's the middle of the semester now so the grind is upon us and and then also today I had a slew of doctor's appointments and was driving around for I looked at my car like my car time was like three hours today
1: racking in those miles
0: yeah so but here we are and how about you what's your valley and your peak of the week
1: all right. It's so fun because you're the one who introduced me to Val or hills and valleys or rows and thorns. So let's see. <laughs> oh
0: yes. We used to do that at family dinner, right? Yes.
1: And I never did uh, it before you introduced me to it, but it's really, really nice. Had you
0: done a different version? No, they, not you at guys all. just don't reflect. You just have no reflection out in California. I guess, I that guess explains not. a lot. <laughs> that explains a lot.
1: Oh yeah. No, let's but, see. Um, uh, the future peak of this week is tomorrow. Me and the roomies are going to this place called Apple Hill. It's about two and a half hours away from where I am in San Francisco. It's in a little town called Placerville. Super cute, Mm -hmm. very rustic. Yeah, but we're going to do, you know, apple picking, a little bit of pumpkin patching, maybe pick out a pumpkin. Uh, They do hard, they have hard cider places, breweries, wineries, apple cider donuts in the works. So we're going to go up and do that. It's probably not as outstanding as the New England um, falls, (laughs) but.
0: No, but you know what? Y'all are trying to make the most of it and getting in. seems like we're both getting in our fall festivities this weekend. I love that.
1: I just decorated for Halloween.
0: Yeah, I love that. Yeah, your apartment looks great. Did you have a valley?
1: Okay, and then my valley of this week. Let's see. So far, you know, I haven't had a really big valley. I would say the valley for the past two weeks, though, has been I've been trying to overcome a sinus infection. Um, I had it for about mm. three weeks and That's I'm rough. about and halfway. you were working. Yes. Yeah, because technically I'm not contagious. Um, I took a couple of days off here and there because it was really bad. Mm. Um, but I've been on antibiotics now for about half a week and mm. I think it's working I think I have just a little bit of a lingering cough, but so far, so yeah, good. Yeah, you
0: sound better for sure.
1: Oh yeah. I, I was so congested. I did not sound like myself these past like few weeks. It was really weird.
0: Yeah. I can relate. I didn't have a sinus infection, but I did have like a similar sniffling cold that sounds like you started out with. And yes, for like a week and a half, like my voice was different. And, um, it was funny. During that time, I had to give a speech in my communications class. No. Um, so, so that was very interesting. You did know. you overcome you know, and succeed? I, I did actually. I gave my communication speech. We had to give a persuasive speech. So I tried to persuade the class that when it's time to replace your septic tank, if you are a homeowner, you replace your system with composting eco toilets and we get feedback like written feedback from everyone in the class via google form and many 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 people i would say majority all said very interesting did not know that information beforehand and um you got me interested in a composting toilet so oh, hey me. yeah the next again, the next generation of compost
1: salesperson oh my gosh well yes. I don't know anything about that either so maybe I'll ask <laughs> you to recite your speech again um oh god me. well that's part of the thing is like we didn't
0: um it's not like rote memorization we we give a four minute speech and we just have like a note card with some mm. things on it so yeah but the main points that I shared, and we have to use certain components, so we learn about mm. you know, different styles and different like techniques to deploy to sway an audience or to get a certain reactions out of an audience. Mm-hmm. And so to persuade someone, you have to um, convince them logically, but you also, more importantly, need to convince them emotionally. Gotcha. So I told a story about how my grandmother was the ninth generation in my family living o- along this river and she had seen the degradation of the environment and so mm. on and spoiler that story's not true <laughs> my grandmother is not from Cape Cod I'm not from Cape Cod <laughs> I don't know the history of my not to the ninth generation you know so that whole story was fake and afterwards you give verbal feedback and the um the class commented like the story was really great and my professor was even like yeah, great, great story. So that would make you the eleventh generation, right? And I was like, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh uh-huh. yeah, yeah, eleventh generation. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I thought he was going to ask me if the story was true because he had asked someone that the we, week we did like two weeks of speeches because it's a somewhat big class. Uh-huh. So I thought he was going to ask me, "Oh, is the story true?" But I guess I was just so convincing. That yeah, I was going to say it needed to
1: not be asked. <laughs> You're so convincing. Nailed that <laughs> persuasive speech.
0: Yeah. So anyways, um, what are you doing out in San Francisco? What is your internship?
1: So my internship right now is titled a 9922 public service aid to professionals position. Um, I guess technically it is not titled an internship. Because the SFPUC or the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission, which whom I work for, it's like a branch of the city, they really want this position to be a jumping point for your mm-hmm. career. So getting into this ninety nine twenty two position and then staying with the company is kind of ultimately what they want. Um, mm. And they kind of put you in is certain departments. Is that what you want? I think, yes, I do. City jobs, if anybody didn't know are some of the most stable jobs that you can have. The benefits, Like working for the city? Yes. The benefits are mm-hmm. great. Retirement is wonderful. And it's kind of hard to get fired from a city job. Like that sounds really weird, but <laughs> you have a lot of um, clout almost working for the city.
0: Mm. Is um, it unionized as well? Or the, definitely. that maybe depends on where you are?
1: Um, I think all of the city of San Francisco um, if you're a city worker, yeah, we're all unionized. And I joined my first union with this job. So a little bitty, you know, percentage gets taken on my paycheck to support the union, but you know, the union is there for a reason. It's great. But specifically what I do is, um, I work in the water quality department of the city. So the San Francisco public utilities commission works with three different sectors of the city and their utilities. So we have water, Power and sewer, um, mm-hmm. and I work with water and water quality. So our laboratory division is, you know, consists of chemists, lab technicians, water quality technicians, and we're all dedicated to contributing to the SFPUC. Um, we serve the public interest by assessing and validating water quality, and we try to assure the highest quality of drinking water, wastewater, public mm-hmm. health, and safety. In the protection ultimately of our environment. And so our main objective is to provide um, reliable analytical data to the customers um, and facilitate public and environmental decision-making. I honestly didn't view myself or see myself in a laboratory position, but I'm really glad that I'm, that I'm doing it. I'm learning a lot of um, skills and tools that I think I can take with me further in my professional life. Um, but so far, it's really fun. I didn't think it would be fun. I thought it would be a lot of work, but I'm learning a lot. And everybody that I work with, all of my supervisors and managers and everything are really open to me, trying different things, observing everything. And they want me to succeed and get as much as I can out of this position. So I'm really grateful um, that I ended up being able to pursue this internship.
0: Wow. That sounds like not only a really great work environment, you know socially speaking but also Mm -hmm. really catering to what you're interested in and they they're setting you know it's it's as you say more than just an internship they're setting you up in this pathway to come away with a job which is great Mm -hmm.
1: yeah they're really set they set you up for success which I think I haven't really seen in other jobs Mm -hmm. that I've had
0: what are some of the ways you feel like they set you up for success here that differed from past experiences you may have had
1: Yeah, they really want me to explore different sectors of water quality. For example, they let me attend kind of like a, it was like a little field trip. It was open to the whole department of water quality. So that means engineers were there, interns like me, 9922s were there, managers were there, high up or higher end positions and supervisors were there attending this kind of field trip. And we got to go all around the city of San Francisco and see the different reservoirs that we have. What ends up happening is, if you didn't know, the city of San Francisco gets all of their water from the Hetch Hetchy, which is right next to Yosemite. Um, And we have pipelines that- Is that a-
0: sorry, is that a- had the Hetch Hetchy, that's a reservoir- yes made with dammed.
1: it is dammed, so hmm. it was oh, i wish i knew it off the tip of my tongue but it was this gorgeous valley um within the yosemite valley um hmm. so gorgeous you can look up pictures i can even like send you guys a picture of what it used to look like um but you know so you does water from
0: in- yosemite uh go to the hitachi yes that
1: yeah so it's all snow melt um hmm. This valley Which is was dammed up.
0: less and less.
1: Yes, definitely. So this valley was dammed up. And we, I think the infrastructure for, you know, getting the water from there down to where we are in San Francisco, it lasted since they created it. Um, and we just actually are, we're just now performing um, maintenance and updating all the piping from the Hetch Hetchy down here, um, making it a little bit safer. So all of that water comes down into the reservoirs and we store it in different various reservoirs here in the city. So we saw four different locations. We suited up with our hard hats and our vests and got tours of every different reservoir here. And we actually were lucky enough to go. Um, inside one of the reservoirs because they were performing maintenance and I don't know why I didn't think that they would be that big it's ginormous I can also send another picture but they really are open to me exploring and getting you know the necessary experiences that I want um, to further myself and everybody there is really Providing me information and also job opportunities within the city. So they kind of encourage me, hey, you know, there's this job opening, you should apply. Or, you know, when you come back after you complete your spring semester, you can apply to this job. Or, hey, we have a position opening up in about a year that we think you'd be perfect for. So they're really, they really want me to succeed. Um, It's really nice.
0: That's great. So you spoke about the commission where you work having a lot of really great networking opportunities for you. Is that because the commission is just part of the larger San Francisco government body network or is that your commission itself in terms for people that aren't familiar with the commission or San Francisco, are they a, a big player in the city's government employeeship or, you know, they're large. Yeah. They have large employees or how, 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 do they do their networking? Yeah.
1: So, um, The San Francisco Public Utilities Commission is a part of the city itself, Um, so they kind of supply the water, power, and sewer services to the entire San Francisco city. Um, They work kind of alongside PG&E. The SFPUC itself employs about 2,300 employees. They work in seven counties. And we have a budget of about $1 billion. My department, we have different labs. So I work at the Millbrae location. There's also labs within the East Bay, kind of where I grew up and conquered that area. There's also a lab up in Moccasin, which is really close to Yosemite and Hetch Hetchy, where we get our water from. But even other than that, since it is a branch of the city, I the city government, employs way more than 2,300 people. So it's actually really beneficial to be in any branch of the city. So I'm in the SFPUC, but say I wanted to get a job within the SFMTA. So public transit, that's easier now for me, because I'm already working for a branch of the city, or, you know, if I wanted to get into housing and development, um, Social services for homelessness. That's also a branch of the city. So really working for one branch gives you opportunities in other branches. And um, we have a SharePoint network that we all kind of collaborate on and communicate on. So if I wanted to get in touch with, say, the head of um, environmental operations within the city of San Francisco, I have her email. So it's really, it's really nice to be able to have all of those connections and really be a part of the city as a whole.
0: Was that part of your reasoning for applying and accepting or did it just happen, you know, sort of happen by chance this way?
1: Yeah, I think honestly it kind of happened by chance. So I know that you know this, but to the listeners, I actually already had an internship out in Oakland um, when I first came back to California over the summer. I won't say any names because I don't want to shame, but this internship was advertised as an environmental intern. Which sounds amazing! It sounds great. I was going to do a lot of community outreach. Um, they said I would be educating the community about certain things. But when I showed up the first day, um, it was just canvassing, knocking on people's doors and asking for money. It was not educational. Mm. It was not doing anything else. And I even offered my help in other departments, saying, "Hey, you know, I can write statements for you. I can do research. You know, wherever you need me." They said no. Um, and so I only did that for about two days and then I quit um, and I was kind of stuck here with nothing else lined up. Um, and it was really frustrating because I was kind of banking on completing my internship this summer. Um, yeah, turns it seems out like they
0: really misrepresented themselves.
1: They did. And um, purposely,
0: know, probably
1: they, they definitely did purposely. Cause why would you list something as an environmental intern when you're just canvassing And why even advertise that as an internship and not a job. Anyways, Mm -hmm. I was applying to different jobs um, way back when, I think in 2021 still, I actually applied for an internship within the city itself. Um, I didn't get that internship, but thank God for um, this HR representative or, you know, recruiter with the city, Um, she emailed me like, honestly, a week after. I quit that other internship. And she said, hey, we have these openings available. Like, would you like me to send your resume in? And I said, yes. And so I got about three different interviews within the city itself. And she was the reason why I got three different interviews within the city itself. Um, And one of those came to fruition, the ninety-nine And I started this position in August and it's been great. So thank you to whomever. The recruiter was for the city of San Francisco. You really saved my butt. But I don't think I kind of applied to this internship with the idea that I would be getting a lot of connections. I think I more so applied to work within the city of San Francisco because, you know, as Somebody who grew up in California and especially in the East Bay, which is about 40 minutes away from San Francisco, it's kind of the childhood fantasy to live in San Francisco, work in the city, you know, get a taste of the city life. And I have always loved San Francisco, the people that live here, the community that San Francisco has. And I think I was just really excited and I really want wanted to work for a city that I've kind of looked up to all my life in kind of, I've always seen it as like this fantasy Um, and the connections were just a perk. So.
0: (laughs) Wow. I'm so happy for you on so many levels. And it really, the more we're talking about this internship and unpacking it, it seems like it um, not only is educationally and career-wise a good um, opportunity for you, but also your story about that your application from 2021 was part of the reason that got you this internship. And to think like had that other internship that the environmental, um, whatever that one was that you quit, <laughs> imagine if it you had stuck it out or it had been slightly different. Like if, if any one of those variables had changed, like maybe um, you, know, you wouldn't have had then the opportunity to yeah. take this new position.
1: Yeah. The stars really aligned. Like I, I really yeah. got screwed over in the beginning, but everything happens for a reason. It really, it kind of drove home that whole saying, everything happens for a reason, but I'm really <laughs> happy with, you know, where I'm at now.
0: <clears throat> Thank you for you know that bit of background about how you came to getting your internship. When did it start, by the way, how long have you been in this role?
1: So I have been officially in this role for about two months Um, It was supposed to start mid-July, but the first day of my orientation, I got COVID. So I had to take two weeks off to recover and test negative before I could actually go into the office. So, like, officially, my first starting day was August 5th, I believe. Um, And here I am now, COVID-free.
0: And you know what? That's also the stars aligning because... Since you got COVID, I came to San Francisco and we booed it up and we had a great time.
1: Oh my gosh. Ugh, you need to come back outside lands. I was do. so much fun. I hope you had a great time. I had a great time. No, I had
0: the best time. I had too good of a time outside lands. And, <laughs> and then the week beforehand, like we did so much. I feel like I got to experience not only the city, but also, you know, wine, co- went to wine country, went to yes. Point Reyes, went to. Your home and mm-hmm. saw sort of the more like desert, not desert, I guess, but like arid.
1: Yep. So now I need to like get on sunny. a tangent
0: for a second. Yes. So a couple of people who are in my social circle in New England who are also more conservative uh, leaning. Mm. They quickly came back to me and said, once I told them that to I had been to San Francisco, they just got on the the bandwagon about San Francisco being very unsafe. And I was like, it wasn't, it didn't feel any more unsafe than any other city I've been to. Yeah. To be fair, I didn't have a car while in there. I feel like that's <laughs> partly what people complain the most about or like oh, yeah. most about is that, that the cars get broken into. What do you have to say to those people?
1: Every big city yeah. has its problems. I think people tend to get on San Francisco's case because we are very liberal here. We have our own ideas. We have our own laws. And you, we do things a little different here. That is one thing. If you ever drive in San Francisco, do not leave yeah. even one with, you know, one one little sight of like something valuable in your car. You got to take it all with you. That is one thing that is true. That is a stereotype that is a totally straw, true. Nothing. Nope nothing nothing but every city you know has its areas where it's unsafe you can't generalize san francisco just being the city that is unsafe you know um but whatever they can they can have their fantasy about san francisco i'm living in it it's not that bad What does your day to day look like? So in the beginning of my, I did feel prepared and I feel like it's because, you know, I'm working in a lab environment. I pursued that internship at a winery and I was also in a lab environment. I felt pretty, um, ready and able to do the job that they kind of outlined for me, but honestly it's ever changing. So in the beginning of my internship, I was recruited by the QAQC department, which is quality assurance and quality control. Um, So their job really is to have this paper trail in this digital paper trail of every sample that comes into the lab. We have a paper for it, a COC, they call it a chain of custody. After that, we have to sign the COC, we have to upload and scan the COC. And we're kind of in like whatever results the lab has from that sample, we uploaded into this website. And that's basically to save the SFPUC's butts if somebody were to say, hey, on this day, your water smelled like this and it got me sick. We can actually recreate that environment in that sample within our lab to see, hey, did it really make them sick? So that's like the QAQC department. I was mm-hmm. only there for a little bit. It's cool though. And then later on, I kind of transitioned. So you were there
0: for a little bit. Mm -hmm. You get do you get rotated through different departments, or like what? How did you move?
1: Yeah, so I wouldn't say it's much of a rotation. I think that they that's kind of where they placed me in the beginning, and then you know I communicated to them what I wanted from this. Position from this internship, and they've catered it to what I want to do. So I kind of Mm. approached them and said, Hey, you know, I didn't necessarily want to work a lab position, but I know that this position is going to set me up for success in the future, being connected to the city. You know, I really want that. So I want to get as much as I can out of this position as possible. Um, So for me, what that meant is observing every aspect of this lab in Milbrae. Um, So that means interacting with the chemists, seeing what they do on a day-to-day basis, preparing media for testing, um, washing equipment, glorified dishwasher, that's whatever, but glorified dishwasher. (laughs) Hey, that's
0: a very important job in a lab.
1: It is because if there's any cross-contamination, we're going to get false results. You know, it's all connected. Mm -hmm. Working in sample receiving, which is receiving samples from all across the East Bay, San Francisco, and making sure that they are in our possession to test that day. We get samples every single day, even on weekends. And then it's actually now transitioning into... I'm going to try to attend a day with field surfaces. Those are the people that bring in the samples every day and go around out and about with them, seeing what they do, how they sample, and also helping out at different labs. So there's a lab in Southeast, which is like the South of San Francisco, and also a lab out in Oceanside, which is next to the San Francisco Zoo um, that I'll also be helping out at with biologists and chemists and things like that. I get to do a lot. I get to do a lot. It's, it's really fun. What's been your, your favorite day at work so, so far? Ooh, that is a toughie. I think <laughs> my favorite day of work so far has definitely been that field trip that I took. That was awesome. I didn't think that they would kind of give out opportunities like that or do things like that as like, you know, a branch of the city, you don't really think that they would have field trips, but they did, and it was super cool. They're actually having another one in November that I think I'm going to go to as well. Um, and one of my other favorite days on the job was really being kind of at the helm of sample receiving by myself and realizing that I kind of got the job down within a month. Um, made I felt very proud, um, yeah. <laughs> But every day is, every day is different. Um, and I'm just so grateful to my supervisors for really allowing me to do as much as I can and not be tied down to that lab.
0: What class that you've taken so far at Tufts has been the most meaningful to you? And, and why was it meaningful?
1: Yeah, there's, about, there's like two classes, I would say. The first being Food Justice with Julian Egeman. Shout out to him. I've always been interested in food, as you know, but I didn't really have a concept of what food justice was until I took his course and it really opened my eyes, broadened my horizons. The books and the articles that we read in this class were amazing, and I would recommend them to anyone. It was just such like a fun course that you know, you, anybody can take if they want kind of a little break from, you know, econ or, quant, something like that. It was great. And the other class was community engagement. I didn't really see myself as wanting to pursue that field at all until I took Mm -hmm. that course. And it really, Christine taught that class. She was great. It was, that entire class was honestly just kind of an open discussion about the articles that we read. But
0: yeah, I will say that's what I like about it too. We had some really good discussion this past week in community engagement.
1: Oh yeah, you're taking it too. How do you like it?
0: It's good. Yeah. I mean, you know, I really like Christine. This is my third class with her and yeah, you know, the community engagement, like you said, similar to me, it's not something I necessarily thought I was interested in, but through this program at UEP, I've, I've realized that to make meaningful and lasting environmental change that comes with, you know, affecting very large social change
1: yes definitely and
0: you need to do that through community engagement so Mm
1: -hmm.
0: yeah it's been really cool um last week was my favorite week because we talked about the role of public art in community engagement as a method of engaging and i just like that was a week where i read like everything and i looked through websites um that she linked and, and i actually found a couple case studies that were about community engagement with a community in Montana who Mm -hmm. is suffering from water quality issues. And I'm working on a project with Scott Horsley on the Cape where they're dealing with water quality issues, Mm -hmm. different reasons for the water quality issues. But I I plan to use what I read about and and saw from the case study in Montana as sort of a precedent and as a framework to apply to some sort of community engagement. That's what I'm going to do my my project about is community engagement for this community in Falmouth, Mass, um, around, you know, education and um, it really just education about environmental degradation and what people, mm-hmm. what you as a community member could do.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And that's really, I feel like what the class showed me the most is you kind of have to take into account the little things, something like things that you mm-hmm. wouldn't necessarily think about when making decisions. And actually the SFPUC has a branch um, of their department called the Community Benefits Department. And specifically, they've created a community center out in Southeast, kind of near the lab that I am going to work at. And they did this to kind of offset the harm in pollution or the and the noise from the wastewater treatment facility there. But one thing that I thought was really neat that I actually like kind of learned in Christine's class mm-hmm. is you. You know, it, like, again, the little things, but they actually, since they were doing construction on the site, they wrote a law in their report that said that during the time that this kindergarten gets out of class, that all of the construction vehicles have to cease and move, which you wouldn't think about that, but it
0: really makes a difference. So that really shows the importance of, through community engagement, the process of it's allowing entities or organizations or whoever it may be to hear the perspective of different people, different stakeholders within the community that seemingly may be unrelated to each other, but. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes, definitely. My internship is like something that isn't kind of like, Oh, like for example, like you know how everybody was doing something directly related to sustainability like Valeria went to Germany to do whatever, whatever. Chelsea was doing GHG accounting for the Denver airport. You were doing wastewater, stormwater management for you know a historical site. Mine is more broad in the sense that I'm not necessarily doing anything related to sustainability, but what I'm doing in the lab and sample receiving directly corresponds to the other branches of the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission that Works in protecting the environment, in like protecting watersheds. But
0: I mean, what you just described, that is working in sustainability. Like, you don't need to be doing some grand sort of, you know, GHG, yeah, that's sustainability, water mitigation, yeah, sustainability. But what you're doing is also sustainability, because as you said, you're doing work that is then supporting this certain cause, right? Like, there's Mm -hmm. plenty of other things you could be doing that would actually be anti-sustainability and working towards destroying sustainability. Yeah. Give yourself more credit.
1: Yeah. It's just a little bit of like a background kind of position, you know, working behind the scenes, but Mm. so far so good.
0: Yeah. Well, like you said about the dishwashing, you know, that's glorified dishwashing. That's a Mm -hmm. really important element of making your lab system work. And if you, you zoom out a bit more, what you all are doing in your commission and in your lab of quality assurance That Mm -hmm. is just one cog in your greater sort of San Francisco sustainability system.
1: Yeah, yeah. So Mm -hmm.
0: good work. Keep it up.
1: Thank you, Pete. All
0: right. Well, thank you again so much, Abby. This is a great kickoff episode to your internship series.
1: So excited to update everybody on what I'm doing. Hopefully, yeah, in the next coming weeks, I should be able to, you know, go out in the field. Maybe by then I'll be at a different lab location and I can like give you guys the rundown on a wastewater lab instead of a drinking water lab, you know, so fun updates to come.
0: Thank you all for listening to the UE podcast. This is your host, Peter Federico with guest Abby Kubota. And as a reminder, this is the first of several episodes in a series featuring Abby, where we go along for a ride on her internship. So until next time.